0: Right. Thanks very much. Well, it's lovely to be here at Highgrove with you, um, and I uh, hope you've enjoyed your summer time. We've had a, a, a very leisurely time. Uh, Beth stopped working at Stowbyship School last year, so this was the first year we went outside the school holidays down to Cornwall, and it wasn't as busy as it usually is, so it was very pleasant. Um, good. Uh, when, when you say, I don't know how often you say thank you to God for things, but I'm not sure how often you say thank you to God for your mobile phone. How many people regularly say thank you to God for my mobile phone? Oh, I mean, aren't they great? I mean, I mean they, they don't just phone. You can take pictures, kind of, and, uh, and you can ask questions of Google. And, and actually, you, you can access information from right the way around the globe on this phone. Isn't that amazing? If you told my great aunt, who was born in 1901, she would not have believed what was in this phone. And she, she probably thought it was, I don't know, magic. It might have even be supernatural, but actually, it's part of where humanity's gone. Actually, we've got more knowledge available in our pockets than any previous generation. But I wonder if we've got as much wisdom as previous generations. Because although we can have super amounts of knowledge, we don't necessarily have a great amount of wisdom. And we look at our world and we see the state our world is in and we think, what has happened to God's world that was made so wonderfully and so beautifully and so amazingly? What has happened that we've diverted away from God's ways and God's dreams and God's hopes? And the reality is that we're not living in God's world, God's way. Actually, the wise way to live, the way you can get the most out of your life is by living in God's world, God's way. Now, how are you going to find out what God's way is? Well, that's where we have this wonderful book that we call the Bible. Some people call it the Holy Bible. Um, Actually, the Bible is a a book where it may not contain all the knowledge of the world, but it certainly contains the wisdom of God. And so at Highgrove over this month, we're going to spend a whole month looking at kind of, let's celebrate scripture. Let's, Let's find out a bit about how we read the Bible, how we study the Bible, how we put it into practice in our life, how it actually can make a fantastic difference, how the divine wisdom of God can shape and change you as a person. So that's where we're gonna head over this next month. And um, I've been asked to do um, a little introduction, a little introduction to uh, why is it the Bible is so wonderful to read? What are some of the struggles that we face? Because I'm not sure about you, but actually, uh, I do some mentoring with church leaders around the city. And frequently, the thing they, they will admit to me is, uh, I'm not reading my Bible enough. or I've, Actually, someone said, I've not read my Bible all week apart from preparing my sermon. And actually, I think probably for most people, um, there's struggles around this book. Uh, I know that it's good, but mm, how do I read it? How do I get the most out of it? So here's, here's just six things that I think why, why the, the, um, the Bible is, uh, is vital. Um, I think the Bible is good for you. It's good for your soul. It's, it's like spiritual food. Man shall not live on bread alone. It's not just your cereal in the morning, your sandwiches at lunchtime, and your three-course meal in the evening. Oh, no. Man does not live by bread alone. It's not just the physical food you put into your stomach. Actually, it's the spiritual food you feed your soul. The Bible is good because it brings freedom and transformation. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Uh, It's been renewed in our mind. Actually, there's something about the will of God, God's good and pleasing will that's contained within here. Actually, it will transform the way that you think. Your thinking is shaped by all kinds of stimuli around you. And actually, your thought life and your thought patterns are frequently stimulated by by family, by upbringing, by education, by your work colleagues, by your neighbours. Actually, are you letting your mind being shaped by God's word? Because God's word brings real transformation of the mind. Um, It guides you how to live in God's world, God's way, as I said. It's a key to discipleship. When you become a Christian, it's not just about having Jesus as your saviour, however wonderful that is. Past forgiven, new life. Actually, it's about... Bring your life under the lordship of jesus if you love me you'll obey my commands that's the deal there's something about um, meditating on it and as we meditate on it a bit like kind of it just somehow imbibes in who we are let's take god's word and meditate on it now um i've got a little slide here that's for the baptism later on so we'll just skip over that one to a picture of pick and mix I don't know if you if you if you like the um, if you ever go to a shop and you love pick and mix. How many people love pick and mix? I mean, mean, how many when you go to pick and mix? How many of you know what's going to fill your cup first of all? I mean, we have our favourites, don't we? We must admit the kind of it's the it's the slightly sugary sour jelly snakes or kind of and and we and we know what we don't like. We look around and think, actually, I'm not going to go for those wafery things with that sherbet. Who's going to waste the space on those? In some ways. We can treat the Bible a bit like pick and mix. Actually, how do we read the Bible? Well, we just pick the bits that we like. Actually, we we just know there's some great bits in here, and we'll go to it every time. Psalm 23, it's wonderful. A bit of Isaiah, great. The stories of Jesus. David and Goliath. whoo. and, And we can go. Now, that is fantastic. But there's so much more to the Bible than pick and mix. Actually, there's so much more to God's Word than than just picking out a few verses that that will bless you. Actually, there's a whole raft of wisdom. But the challenge is, when we read it, it's really hard to understand. How many of you find the Bible hard to understand at times? Uh, I think most of us do. Which is why I've got three little clues, three things that have helped me to take this Bible and... um, I suppose ever since I could start to read, my parents read the Bible to me before I went to bed, and I've been reading it ever since. That's probably over 50-something years. Um, Here's three clues that help me to say, how do I take God's Word seriously and help it apply to my life? The first thing is that I understand the Bible is made up of 66 different books that have different, what we call genre, different genre. So we we, we know that that, um, there's different books written in different styles. Uh, so, if you kind of, here's six different books that I've put on the screen here, and, and they are different genres. So, we've got um, some uh, classical letters over 500 years, letters that people have written. There's a, a um, history book, there's a recipe book, there's a biography, there's a book of famous speeches, and there's a poetry book. Now, if you were to go to a library and pick one of those books off the shelf, you would read each different genre in a slightly different way. I mean if you if you kind of um, took a cookery book, you probably wouldn't sit down and read it from the front to the end. You'd probably think, I wonder what I have for tea and you flick to a page that's got something spicy or whatever on and 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 you go there and you just follow the instructions. That's how you read a recipe book. Actually, if you're reading a book of, of famous speeches, you probably would read them and, and actually you'd want to understand, well, what was happening when Winston Churchill said, never, never in the course of human history, or when um, Martin Luther King said, I had a dream. Actually, those great speeches might be recorded, but if you understand what was going on at the time, somehow they come with a much more depth and much more profound. You understand that if you're reading a poetry book, actually poems aren't to be taken literally I wandered lonely as a cloud. How do you do that, Tim? How do you change into water vapor? No, it's not a scientific statement. Poetry expresses emotion and feeling. Now, when we come to read the Bible, of course, we have to understand what kind of books are in the Bible. Because we would read different books in different ways. It's not like we start at the Bible at the start and we read right through to the end. And we understand every bit of the Bible in exactly the same way. It's not like that. Actually we ha- we have different genres. So here we go we have the first part of the, of the Bible uh, history books. Actually history books are to be read as history. They are there. Here's I think there's is there a timeline on this one? I'm not sure. There, there's a time there's actually you can you go through the, the history of God's people and you and you see how God Created the world, how humanity fell. You see about the rescue plan being started with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. You see about Moses coming out of Egypt. You see them going to the promised land. You have the judges. You have the kings. You have the exile. Actually, there's history that tells you the story of the people of God. So you read history as history. You say, what can I learn about the character of God? What can I learn about God's people? What can I learn about some of the, the principles that were being uh, expounded there. And we read it as history. Uh, We then have books that are books of the law, actually. And the law isn't just the law. Actually, there's four different kinds of laws. And some of those are health laws. So laws like kind of don't eat prawns, um, because in a Mediterranean kind of desert country, when they wander around the, the desert, to bring your prawns from the, the, the sea coast without refrigeration, it's probably quite dodgy. Don't eat them. Actually, there were certain rules that were health rules. Now, we have refrigeration. We have antibiotics. Actually, we don't necessarily need the health laws anymore, but we read them and we understand them as these are things that God was caring for his people at that particular time. God still cares for us in our time. There were societal laws. There were societal laws like. Um, I once did a, a course down at Bristol University in, in the law department, and it's fascinating that the first law of manslaughter ever recorded is in the Bible. Uh, and and there's, the, there's these laws that are how, how can society work well? There's laws that are moral laws, laws that are to do with um, how you should behave and how you should act. What's appropriate? Again, those moral laws are eternal laws; they're not just cultural. Uh, There's there's laws that are laws that are to do with spiritual laws, to do with the temple, to do with sacrifices, to do with the high priest. And again, those laws are fulfilled most wonderfully in the person of Jesus. So we read the law, and again we understand the law. It's not just kind of a, a amorphous block of random things of don't boil um, a goat in his mother's milk and and ah, kind of there's different kind of laws there um poetry that there, there are books that are poetry and they're meant to be wrote, read as poetry the five wisdom books of of, of job of psalms of proverbs uh, ecclesiastes song of songs that they're, they're, they're written as wisdom as poetry books again you read them as poems you read them and you think, actually, that there, there's truth being communicated, but I'm not going to take them literally. Actually, there's there some strange psalms. I don't know if you read some strange psalms you think, gracious me, what's going on here? It's all about beating people up and ripping their babies out of their wombs. And it sounds quite violent and, and vengeful. And actually, I think journaling. Actually, it's like David sometimes it's just journaling. And as he journals, he's getting out of his system before God, what he feels, so he doesn't actually do it. But we, we 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 read it as a journal. Actually, yeah, I feel like that sometimes. And when it comes to the punchline, we don't we ignore all the all the bit because that is just him getting his dirty washing out in the open. But we realise that God's comes to cleanse and to heal and to restore. And we read it as a journal. Um, there's there's books that are uh, wisdom books, um, proverbs. It kind of again, you'd read it. Kind of there's a. Just lots of pithy but, 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 but here 's wise ways to to live, uh, and again, you might just you might not read them all at once, you might just take one at a time and, and meditate on them there 's books that are prophecies, a bit like. Yeah, Martin Luther King, a prophecies where people at a particular time, inspired by the living God, they'll give these great kind of speeches of, of, of speaking, calling people to repent, calling people to say that there's a, a, bright, a bright new future, even though you're in exile. Prophecies about Jesus and about the church and about the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. We come down to the New Testament, and we have biographies. There's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and they're biographies of the life of Jesus, and, and they were recorded, particularly we know by Luke, from eyewitness accounts. And we read them like you might read a, a biography. Uh, there's John is slightly different because John is a tract. Uh, it's, like a, a kind of, it's, it's written with one point in, in mind to show you that Jesus is the Son of God, and the, by believing that, you might find that there's uh, life. Um, Uh, And so it's not in the same order as the other three. Some people say, oh, you can't trust the Bible because uh, there's lots of um, uh, things that don't don't kind of coalesce, that uh, that don't correspond, inconsistencies. Well, actually, the order of things in John is different from the others because it's written with a different purpose. It's a a tract. It's like a little sermon rather than a biography. Of course, you have letters, letters written by Paul, letters written by Peter, letters written by John or Jude. And, And letters are... Again, you read them as a letter. Who are they from? Who are they to? Where? What's the situation of writing? And as you read those, you understand. Lastly, there's apocalyptic writing, which we don't really use today, but it's weird. I mean, it's strange, isn't it, apocalyptic language? I mean, it, it, it just makes these strains that kind of... It, it, it picks bits of truth and just kind of blows them into these kind of big images, kind of, but, but it is, it's Jewish apocalyptic language that's trying to communicate truth in a way that, again, our literature style today, uh, so for Daniel, Ezekiel, Revelation, uh, apocalyptic language. So first tip, um, how do you understand the genre? Second tip is this. Actually, there's some parts of the Bible I struggle to understand, but I know that it's about Jesus. So Christocentric, I have what's called a Christocentric hermeneutic. Um, uh, Why is it Christocentric? I think it's this. When Jesus talks about the Bible, he says this. This is in Luke 24, 25. Uh, Talking to his disciples, he says, he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. That was written in the Old Testament, the Bible. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his glory? And he began with Moses and all the prophets and explained to them what was said in all scripture, concerning himself later on that chapter he says to his other disciples he said to them this is what i told you while i was still with you everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of moses the prophets and the psalms jesus was convinced that the bible was about him john says in john chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning was the, the word and the word was with god and the word was god And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. How do we understand God's word to us? Well, we have the written word, but we have the living word. Actually, we need to understand the written word through the living word. It says in Hebrews, in, these, uh, last, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers in, uh, through the prophets in many t- times in various ways. But in these last days, he spoke to us through his son, who he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he, he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. The son is the image of the invisible God. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Again, these verses really help us to say, actually, when God wants to communicate, he communicated in his most profound way through Jesus. So if we're going to understand who Jesus is, sorry, understand God's written word, it has to be through Jesus. So Jesus says in Matthew um, uh, 5, verse 17: we interpret the Old Testament in the light of Jesus. Uh, do not think that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Actually, Jesus said, I'm filling up. The Old Testament parts of the Bible that we may struggle to understand, uh, Jesus come to fill them up, to fulfill them, to bring them into, into three dimensions so that we can see them and understand. So whenever you read strange bits of the Bible, uh, what does this really mean? My first question is, well, how can Jesus help me to understand this bit of the Bible? What's this saying about Jesus? When it's talking about the temple in the Old Testament, actually Jesus says that his body is the temple. Destroy this body, in three days I'll rebuild it. He wasn't talking about the temple, he was talking about his body. Actually when we understand about the, the high priest or the sacrifices, it's fulfilled in Jesus. When we talk about the people of God, and, and uh, Jesus is the person of God, living in God's world, totally how God always intended. Understand the Bible in the light of Jesus. Just the last things I finish... The Bible was written in a particular historical, cultural, and geographical background. Actually, it wasn't written just down the road in, in England. It wasn't written in another country in the 21st century. It was written in another country over 2,000 to 3,500 years ago. And, and culture and history changes. Now, I know that if I'm really going to understand this book, I need to understand something about the culture and the history and the geography. Now, I'm not going to go away to university to study all that, and you probably aren't. But actually, there are some things that can really help us, to help us to understand the difference between uh, history, culture, and what is eternally true. So, here's what I, I have this, point three would be this. What, when you read the Bible, what is uh, an eternal principle, and what is a cultural practice? For example, last supper, Jesus washes his disciples' feet, and he says, if you're going to be my followers, you've got to do the same. Now, that seems to be quite a clear command. For anyone who wants to follow Jesus, you've got to wash one another's feet. Now, I'm not sure when Highgrove last held a foot-washing service. Have you ever done Actually, I mean, Jesus commanded you to go and wash one another's feet. Kind of, why aren't he doing that every other Sunday? Because Jesus said it. Actually, we know that there's cultural practices and eternal principles. The cultural practice was in, in... 21st, in first century Palestine, Middle East, hot country, you walk through dusty roads, you come into someone's house, you sit down for a meal, you're reclining, your feet next to other people's noses. So you know, actually, the, the hospitable thing to do was to wash your guests' feet as they came into the house. And it tended to be the job of the lowest servant, probably a female servant, had to wash feet. And Jesus says, actually, I'm prepared to serve you. Actually, the eternal principle is service. The cultural practice is foot washing. So we take service, we leave behind foot washing, we bring it to the 21st century, we put it down into our culture, and maybe it looks more like you come down in the morning, there's dirty pots in the sink. You didn't make the mess. Do you know what? I'm gonna wash them up, irrespective of what my flatmates think. Because it's 21st century, so it's the principle of servanthood. So. What what we're looking for in the Bible is the eternal, enduring principle, and we can leave behind cultural practices. Now, that is tricky, because you need to understand historical background, cultural background, personal situations of authors, situations of the recipients, uh, the physical, the geographical settings, those kind of things. Uh, And there's all kinds of books and studies and courses that can really help you with that. And over this this month, as we look at the Bible, maybe there's some recommendations people will, will make to say, actually... Why not look at this resource why don't don't go here online because there's some great resources to help you i've run over time so just as i finish back to that first slide of um uh why is the bible vital actually it's not because it's like some kind of I don't know, brown your guide badge that you've got to earn some spiritual kind of Bible reader. I'm a Bible reader. and it kind of <laughs> Actually, it's for your well-being. It's for your good. It's for your vitality. It's, 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 it's something that will feed your soul. It's something that will bring you freedom and transformation. You may have all kinds of knowledge that you look at every day. But do you really want to find wisdom? And do you look at that every day? With a heart that's open to God, open to his Holy Spirit, open to his words, words that speak words of tenderness, hope, forgiveness, life. And if we open the scripture and be prepared to wrestle with some of the confusing things, I know for myself, every time I read the Bible, there's going to be at least a little something that's there to say thank you to God for. It might be just thank you, God, that I can read it. Don't understand it, but God, I thank you that, that you've put people's names here. You must have loved them so much. It's a whole big, long list of names. I can't pronounce them. But God, you must know them and love them. Thank you, you know and love me. Actually, each part of the Bible, if you've got a heart for his spirit, he's there. I'm going to take a chance to pray, and then I'm going to worship a little bit more, I think. so. Um, actually, there's something about the written word. There's something about the um, inspirational word. While we're just worshiping, I just had a picture of, of a honeybee. And a honeybee, um, uh, if the honeybee stings you, um, it sting sticks in you and it flies away and, and it dies. I just felt maybe there's somebody here this morning, something had happened. And maybe in a relationship or um, and just in the last couple of weeks you've done something, oh no, that's it ah uh, it, it's dead this this situation is dead and God wants to say actually you're not like a honeybee other bees can sting and they still live actually you can make mistakes you can do things that are wrong actually but there's forgiveness and restoration that's available in God. and if that's you there may be while we're worshiping maybe um yeah i don't have a prayer team that can pray with you but uh, if you feel you've done something you thought and you feel oh no that's it it for good ah, that there's still hope and there's still restoration But, Lord God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you long as a loving Heavenly Father to speak to us. Thank you that the Bible is an amazing way in which you can do that. And although it's hard to understand, I pray for each one of us, we'd find a bit of space, a bit of time. And this month, as we, at church here, we look at your word, that you would be speaking to us. We'd find the wisdom of heaven touching our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.